for coaches, by coaches, this is Soccer Chat with Nick Rizzo and Sean Sauterly. Brought to you by social media for high school athletes. What's up, everybody? This is Soccer Chat, your weekly soccer coaching podcast. Brought to you every single week by the good folks at Social Media for the High School Athletes. Check them out online at socialstudentathletes.com and all over social media platforms at HS social media we here are members of dutic brand fc go check out our friends at dutic when you are finding your items the greatest coaching accessories you can have including brand new waterproof notebooks waterproof that's right it's raining during a game you got to make some changes you want to write it down you can do so in the new prototype of the dutic brand waterproof notebooks Go to dutickbrand.com, use the promo code SOCCERCHAT to get yourself a sweet Nick Rizzo discount for doing so. So that's dutickbrand.com, 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 use the promo code SOCCERCHAT. We are Team Torx. Go give them a shout. Buy the greatest ball pump you will ever buy in your life. That's right. It is absolutely amazing. Go back and check out our show from Chicago where you can see how the the Torx ball pump works bobby puppioni showed it for us and it is absolutely amazing big shout out to dan and aaron redwine from team torex buy one if you've already bought one go on amazon right now give them a nice rating and review as well as let them know that you heard about torex from soccer chat he's nick i'm sean and man what a uh i i know for a fact and before you even said anything i wanted to bring up the fact that you set Twitter on fire this past weekend. Well, I apparently, I mean, there's certain commandments in soccer Twitter that you need to follow. And one of them is thou shall not ever talk about man city <laughs> because honestly, <laughs> you're not allowed to do it. You can't say positive things or negative things because two weeks, uh, it was about a week and a half ago. I said that after Vincent Company hit that absolute cracker, I was like, Man City is the best team to ever play in the Premier League. They had a hundred; they were on like on pace to hit 198 points in two years, which is just absurd. And then I got people coming at me for that. And then last week or earlier this week, I I just it wasn't even I questioned Man City. Like I was like, they deserve to win the title. I just don't know why neutral fans like Man City. And it yeah. was, I got a lot of crap for that. I'm like, I don't, I don't know why that's exactly a controversial opinion. I understand why Man City fans like Man City. And I like, you can even say that they have a very appealing style of soccer, which they absolutely do. They, I mean, they're a very, very fun team to watch. But I, I just thought it was funny that like you have two teams, one who, like, and again, I'm obviously a supporter of Liverpool. People who've heard this before n- know this. But you have a team that was already challenging for titles, brought the most expensive coach in the world, and then allowed him to buy four of the top ten most expensive backs of all time. And you question why they're, like, I like honestly, like, I just don't, It's it'd be like people randomly becoming fans of the Golden State Warriors. It's like, well, like, of course you're going to become a fan of a team that, like, I don't know. I The neutral support for Man City confused me, and I got a lot of crap for that. I I uh, am old school that I hate this whole neutral support thing. I, you know, I when I started getting into professional soccer, you know, I guess it was old school. If you pick one team, there is no, 
oh hey I, like you can respect a team but there's no like oh like i think i've said in the show before i hate when people say like oh i like man city but like real madrid's my second team like no like you get one team one team only um but also too and, and we discussed this a little bit the other night when we were doing our interview about this topic because you were super super hot about it and i was really hoping to get some of that emotion that you were like you were spitting venom and like i could feel you getting more pissed as you kept talking um but we talked about how the marketing game is is you know when i was at ue we would do jersey day at camp and you know nike was really just going crazy on manchester united so you always saw wayne rooney ronaldo uh chicharito uh man united nike jerseys then all of a sudden that number of united jerseys starts dwindling down because all you saw was leo messi barcelona jerseys and then all of a sudden now you see uh, a lot of man city jerseys uh and you know even at the school i work at i I mentioned that there's like 12 kids who are city fans and it's really i mean it's all about who those companies are pushing because, you know, I, I've got some friends who are United fans and they've been United fans since the 90s. And I maybe it's not to the same level, but I feel like for a country like us that, you know, technically or not technically, but just like is behind in the game. Of course, like, oh, who's winning? I like soccer. Who's winning? OK, that's my squad. And I, I feel like for me, all but maybe two united fans that i'm friends with i feel like that was kind of the thing like oh hey united has wayne rooney they've got Cristiano ronaldo because that's who nike has forced upon the american market at the time that's really the only team that you knew of and that's just how people became fans of them yeah no and again like i'm not i'm far from criticizing people who are like natural fans of city i'm not even criticizing people that like are like city because I think that they have a really appealing style of soccer. I just, I recently, the amount of people that have been random Barcelona fans and random city fans is just been like kind of funny to me because again, They're just following yeah, Pep. Yeah. Well, like, and it's like people who were Cavs fans and then Miami Heat fans and then went back to Cavs fans and all, all of a sudden now they're the biggest Lakers fan. Yeah. No. And for me, again, like, I, I don't understand where the Liverpool vitriol comes from because we haven't won anything in 29 years, as people point out all the time on, on Twitter, but it's, we have a back line that obviously we spent a ton of money on Virgil van Dyke and we spent a ton of money on Allison, but like Trent who's 20 years old is an Academy product. Matip we got on a free transfer and Andy Robertson, we got from a championship team for $5 million. Like city spent more than like, I I think it's double that amount of money on just backs in in the last three years. And so I don't know. I I don't understand the appeal and the draw to big money teams, but you, and again, you can enjoy the style they play. Absolutely. I I just don't understand why people are like random fans of them. suddenly. I I think I mentioned, I think when we were talking there night, I mentioned too, and I, I know actually, um, Whitey, who's been on our show a couple of times, he and I were chatting, I think it was uh, maybe Monday, Monday or Tuesday, this very same topic, because um, he was just like, I don't understand where all these city fans have come from, because where were they seven, eight, nine, ten 10 years ago? 
And I made the comment to him about how, you know, I didn't get into like European club soccer until probably, gosh, I'd say like maybe 2005, 2006, maybe, because I was like massive, massive MLS guy. But looking back on it, being as big of an Oasis fan as I was, had I put two and two together that the Gallagher brothers were massive Manchester City fans and massive soccer fans in high school, I probably would have become a Manchester City fan. Yeah. No, and- that would have been my only connection. Like, oh, I re- like Oasis is one of my favorite bands of all time. They like this soccer team. OK, that's the group I'm going with. Yeah. No. And I mean, honestly, like, I, I think the thing that's bugged me more is like there's like Manchester United, like, and again, like Manchester United and Liverpool are rivals, but the Manchester United fans that are rooting for city. It's like, dude, if you would have focused on your own team in your own city, I mean, there's a chance that man city is going to get banned from, I don't think they're actually going to get banned from Champions League for being us, but like, no, there's a hypothetical scenario where man city is going to get banned from Champions League. You would have finished fifth. Like Arsenal did like you would actually be in Champions League next year. Yeah. I, the whole bands and transfer bands. I, I don't like, I mean, I get them, but at the same time, like all your team has to do is, is even if you lose the appeal to your association, you just have to go to the court of uh, sport or whatever it's called, like the CAC, I think it's called or whatever. Um, all you have to do is just go to that appeal and that takes like half a year. So you've, they, you can still get in the transfer window. I mean, that's how Suarez went to Barcelona, but I mean, nothing stopped them, but I do think like, was it since Pep's been there, they've spent over a billion dollars on players. Correct. Like that's ridiculous. <laughs> but like, like, like let's 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 be honest here. But at the same time, like I told um, some of my club players who were like, "Oh man, Manchester City," because we have a we do have a City fan on our on my club team, and I was like, "Guys, if your team spent a billion dollars in three years, or you know, however long Pep's been there, I think this is his third year. This is his third year." I would hope you'd won two titles in three years. I think they should be more pissed off that they don't do anything in Champions League. Yeah, that too. I think they should be legitimately pissed off that they get bowed out in quarters almost every single year. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, it's – and, like, if you are spending that much – and, like, someone pointed out on Twitter that, like, they – well, if you look at their team, they have a lot more, like, role players at the international level than they do, like, guys that are key guys. And you can look at and yeah, objectively, that is correct. But, like, you still have an unlimited budget. You can almost pick whoever you want. Like, you're picking yeah. the people that you want. You're just not, like, at, at the domestic level, you're crushing it. I mean, they're going to win realistically unless something happens crazy with Watford next week. Like, they're going to win all three domestic titles. But, like, they should be almost, like, more disappointed that, like, they aren't doing they, – they should score 120 points every single year. Yeah. If if I my team cost me a billion dollars, I should be winning seventy five percent of the trophies like they are. Hopefully. That's that's the hope of it. And again, that's not to take away from what Pep has done. He is an incredible coach who's done very well at three different places. Maybe you can say four different places, but like he's done incredibly well. I just I don't understand why people are rooting for the team that has was already challenging for titles. And already won a title, and then they got more money. And like, I don't know, it, it's just funny to me that like that's the team you're going to root for. Yeah, everybody, everybody needs to be on the winning side. So of course they're going to go 
go for whoever. Yeah, you, know, I, you cannot say that on Twitter. I, I found that out. <laughs> I think I, I'm pretty sure I've said it before. Um, <laughs> as, as you know, like typical, somebody tells me they're a city fan. I'm like, oh, that's cute. You've watched soccer for seven years. Yeah, like um, one other coach besides Beth. <laughs> exactly exactly uh, most of the time people can't even uh can't even tell you who uh roberto mancini is um or who the coach was before that as well pellegrini. and the coach before well pellegrini uh, yeah yeah who was uh before pellegrini i do not know oh come on he's an englishman do, 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 no do. oh come on i'm gonna make you look that one up steve or Mark Hughes. Mark Hughes. Yep. yep. Was it Mark Hughes? Okay. Yep. Yep. That was the one. Uh back in the old Sean Wright Phillips days. <laughs> um, you know, I it if you're listening to this right now and you're a city fan, hit us up on Twitter. Uh he's at Coach in Rizzo. Uh and let Nick know why you're a city fan. Right, so let's but here's what I'm gonna this is like the, my last <laughs> part of the rant for the day. I want like uh, this is gonna be my rules for operating on Twitter for people. No one will follow them, but this is going to be my rules. And I don't have a number of them. So I'm going to list off a few of them. I wanted to be like, these are Nick's five rules for operating on Twitter, but there might only be three. Number one, operate under the principle of Hanlon's razor. And everyone knows Occam's razor. Most people do where it like, I think most people grow up, learn, do you know what Occam's razor is? No. Okay. It's, it's, all things being, you must have learned equal, this in your MBA class. It's it was math actually. Um, <laughs> all things being equal, the simplest solution is m- the most likely solution. But Hanlon's razor is never attribute to malice what you can attribute to stupidity. So essentially, like operate under the premise that people aren't being jerks; they're being ignorant, or they just don't know. And so, like, if you're talking to me on Twitter, assume that like. I might just not know what you're talking about. So my next rule then is try to talk to someone like you're actually trying to convince them of your argument. Like don't talk to them. Like you're just trying to throw zingers here and there every once in a while, but like try to actually convince them of your argument. And that's, that's my number two rule. I think I'm going to have three. My number three rule is don't use bro or pal or bro. Like it, it bugs me. Like if you're like, hey, like, hey, pal, like this, it's like I'm not gonna listen to anything you say after that. Like you're just being a douche. And then the other one is don't use the like crying face emoji because again, <laughs> if, if you, if you do it, like most of the time that I see people use that on Twitter, they ran out of arguments and they're just using that as like a last ditch effort to try to like make themselves feel good about what they're saying. So those are my three rules on Twitter: use Hanlon's razor. <laughs> I do like uh, I do like one of the responses to you. It's from uh, Alex Josephs. Uh, he said, um, <laughs> just kind of responded to me too. He said, "Weird how people are so impressed with a squad that cost nearly one billion. Actually, it w- did cost one billion dollars to assemble one the league. People should be outraged that they have lost any games at all. That's yeah. a fair point." No, Alex is awesome. <laughs> he he, uh, he was one of my roommates in college. He had a great point the other day because I joked about like how. This is the other thing, like their Coutinho is being sold by Barcelona. And I was like, dude, I would take Coutinho back for like five mil right now. No problem. And he's like, it's a brilliant idea. You sell Coutinho to buy Allison, Van Dyke, and Coutinho. Yeah. <laughs> it's a really good idea. Well, that's a, that's very similar to, uh, oh my gosh, I can't remember the exact details. 
but that's essentially um, what the David Luiz transfer was for Chelsea. When they sold him to PSG, they had bought, I, I wish I could remember it now off the top of my head, but it was a very similar situation. They bought two people and then um, what they paid for PS or paid PSG for David Luiz was also a part of that fee that they had gotten for selling him to them. So they essentially like sold David Louise, bought three players who just also happened to include David Louise <laughs> for the same for what they they had uh, PSG bought them for. Um, and uh, to Brock Ogami, I think I, I hope I say that right. Um, replied, you had said that, and this is a very, very valid point. The Amazon Prime series on them probably brought a lot of neutral supporters. I into think the that is very true. That was one of the few people that responded to me that I was like, yes, 100%. And I think. I mean, that's like, I, I think we like kind of switching gears. I was actually talking to my mom about this last night. Cause I was up in Chicago recruiting and she came out to hang out with me and recruit. But I was talking about the good work the NWSL is doing right now. I think the best thing that the NWSL is doing right now is their marketing for their individual athletes is incredible. They have so many relatable people that are out there that I think is making not only the NWSL more popular, but the U S women's national team popular. And like, did you see the Germany announcement the other day? Yes, dude. Like these countries right now are crushing their announcements for the women's national teams. And we talked about Jamaica and Jamaica. We're still waiting. You can announce your gold cup roster. You can't announce your world cup roster yet. Y'all better put Dr. Jackson. Sorry. Sorry. I, that just made me think. No, I mean, I, I, I legit just saw that today that Jamaica has still yet to announce their World Cup roster. They they have a pretty cool like EF, ESPN FC uh, documentary on theirs that uh, I did see Marley's, that Bob Marley's daughter like funded them. That's pretty legit. Yeah, yeah. But go, but go on. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, no. But I, that's what I was saying. Like like when uh, he was talking about how the the documentary on Amazon Prime. I think that that's 100% true because I think that popularity comes from exposure. And I, I think that not only are, is Man City been very good, but they've had good exposure through that, especially in the American market. Yeah, I, I, I've i been a fan of these announcements so far. And I, I agree with you. Like the NWSL, I have – and maybe too it's from – starting to know people who are involved with it. Like I find myself like being more, um, I, I pay more attention to it. Not that I did it beforehand. Like if, like I'll admit, like if, um, if Megan Rapinoe was playing, like oh, I, we, I would watch the game. Like yeah. I'd turn it on and be like, Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's, let's watch this one. Um, and every now and then I would watch like a red stars game. Um, cause we're big Julie Ertz fans at the house. Um, so I said, who you know, like, I would do what I said, who isn't that's true. Um, you know, we, we would watch those games and, and to where, you know, now, like this summer, like we're going to actually go watch a game um, and we're, we're invest now. It's kind of like how we talk about with the show um, that you get this emotional attachment. And when you do those things like these, these World Cup roster announcements or these, these documentaries and, and the same thing like with the Manchester City one and the Sunderland one, uh, you you watch these people and you somehow develop an emotional attachment to it to where there is something in your body that says you have to watch them and you have to watch them attempt to succeed. Yep. And, you know, 
well played to to those who do so. It's the same thing like with the hard knocks on the NFL. Like you see these teams in turmoil and you want to see them like do good. Like how happy was the entire world when the Cleveland Browns won their first game oh. in like three years? Yep. Like, yes, there was like free beer in the entire state of Ohio, but I mean, like people were genuinely happy and like Twitter blew up whenever they, they were going to win the game. Um, so I think it's the same thing too. I, th- I think, I think women's soccer is, is on, is the way the NWSL did that is on the rise. And I do believe that this world cup, I know last world cup was really good on the women's side and very big promotion wise. And people were, I mean, we had a world cup finals party at our house and like a lot of people attended who weren't even soccer fans. Um, I think this world cup, I want to see what I'm very interested, interested to see how U S soccer and Nike go about the promotion of the players more than what they've done already with just the announced. I want to see these, like, I want to know every single detail about these players. I want the entire country to know every single thing about this American team. So that way everyone is watching when those games go yeah. on. And honestly, I've been very, very impressed across all of the countries, how well they're doing with the promotion of this. It's, it, it really does seem like teams are and countries are taking this a lot more seriously than they have in the past, which is really cool. That's for sure. And uh, I just realized that we, we've talked way too long for the intro. So we're going to get out of the intro and we're going to get you into this week's interview. say it every week illustrious guests introducing you to coaches that you've never met before that you you may not have heard of you may have heard of that you may know that we may know that you may not know that we may not know but this week i've been i've been prepping this one for a while now and i i have to go on a limb uh on this and say of all the people that we've had on this show this is episode 95 now we might have ourselves the most athletic person we've ever had on soccer chat and let me talk about this because i know we always ask about oh you know tell us a little bit about yourself but i want to have the honor of doing this one i feel special right now our our guest is a two-time all (laughs) triple c soccer goalkeeper at infield high school recently named to the hall of fame she also played ice hockey with the northern lights team and played softball at infield at Utica College, she was a three-time Empire 8 All-Conference goalkeeper, posting a school record 18 shutouts. 
and made the 2006 All-State team with a very long acronym that I'm not going to attempt to butcher. She played four years of ice hockey as well in college, scoring 35 goals as a defender. And in a single season of college softball, that's right, three sports, ladies and gentlemen, three sports. She batted 394, 43 hits, 25 RBIs in 32 games, elected into her college Hall of Fame in 2014. The greatest athlete we've ever had on Soccer Chat. All right, when you were saying this in the beginning, I like I kind of thought you were blowing smoke. Like, she actually is the greatest athlete we've ever had. This Stop is the it, greatest athlete we've ever had. Is my homie. I'm excited to introduce her to everybody. This is Ms. Ashley Coff. Ashley. Yeah. Thanks, you? guys. I'm so excited to be on the show. Um. Yeah. Humbled about the awards. I am. Um, I. You know. I don't really talk about my career that much. Well, that's so. what we're for. I. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. You guys just blew it up right there. <laughs> yeah, we're definitely a good hype squad. Like, if you need someone to make you feel good about yourself, that's what we're here for. I'm nervous now. You guys, like, hype me up, and now I hope I come through. <laughs> well, I, you know, we, we talk every week uh, in the last couple of weeks. Nick and I have mentioned about this uh, this this charity game that we want to try to do of uh, the, the uh, men's side and the women's side of a soccer chat team and the two sides playing against each other. And, you know, a couple weeks ago, I was like, Nick, I think I just scored ourselves a ringer uh, for the women's side and looking at the athleticism that is happening here. And, you know, I did a little <laughs> research as well. I saw there is actual evidence of her playing all three sports in college. So, like, these are these these are not lies, folks. This is straight from patch.com, which I'm guessing is some like Connecticut uh, newspaper or something along those lines. It is. It is. It's actually funny. My father wanted to uh, contact the guy and be like, you forgot about this award and this award. And then he realized he's like, yeah, I'm not. There's more. Yeah. I was all state for softball. That wasn't in there. What? And then played a little played with what? The Adirondack Adirondack Lynx in the W League. Yeah. I I, Okay. This is like the time I wish we had an audio, a video podcast. Cause I would like, (laughs) I'd fall out of my chair. Like there's a, the greatest – who on this chat has ever had a better athletic resume than this so far? I don't, we've had people that have played in the World Cup, but they haven't done this. I'm excited. I'm excited. I, you know, I'd like to play in a World Cup, though. That ain't going to happen. Well, you know, there you could you could totally train after this one and get yourself back into it. I mean, hey, we, me and John we, have already vowed to get one of our former guests on. The, she's like in the like the preliminary squad. We're going to find out very soon if she made it. But me and Sean are all about trying to get the Jamaican national team to put Dr. Laura Jackson on your squad. Hashtag we, Dr. Jackson for WWC. Reggae Everybody girls. Right we will be the biggest reggae girls fan for the World Cup. After, any game they don't play in the United States if you put Dr. Jackson on the squad. And if we can make that happen. We can make you happen too. Perfect. You give me my trainers too. Yes. Um, I don't think that would help you out at all. You seem like you already have a pretty good thing going. We will be good hype people. Like we'll just be like there on the sidelines, just like cheering you on, making you feel real good about the stuff you're doing. My super fans. Yeah. That is all we're good for. Yeah. We'll be the only fans allowed at the U.S. Women's National Team uh, training sessions, just because we have right. to be there to uh, to get Ashley all hype. Yes. 
that. Only, only that. Only there for me. <laughs> that is for sure. Forget all the other jerseys and stuff we may own. We are. It's straight up Asha Kaufman kits. Full, full, <laughs> full kits, socks, shorts, jerseys, everything. Like we're we're doing it uh, all all the way to the top. But uh, you know, enough of us. Uh, you know, kind of giving your your detail uh, in your own words. Uh, with soccer chat, it's about you know learning your journey, how you got to where you're at now. Uh, I obviously just gave a brief detail uh, about your your background, but if you don't mind, uh, for everybody listening, kind of give us your version uh, of how you got to where you're at now, where it all started. Do you want me to go like back, way back? To now we do. We have had some go. people who brag about their U8 careers. Okay. All right. All right. Well, so I'll, you know, I'll give you the short version. Uh, after I had graduated from college, I went into the business world, which I could say is pretty boring. Um, spent a few years there, and I was inducted into my college's athletic hall of fame, and uh, had decided there then and there that I was sick of corporate USA. I wanted to be around uh, people that love sports and love soccer. And uh, right after that, I went and got a couple licenses and applied. And what, six years later, here I am. So can, can, we, can we talk about this like illustrious college athletic career? Sure, sure. Uh, Claire McLean was my head coach and she saw, saw me at the, uh, remember the score at the shore tournament down at Hofstra? Mm-hmm. That that's where I got recruited by her and walked on and not walked on, but kind of walked on to the ice hockey team. The coach was basically, yeah, I'm going to give you opportunity, but I'm probably going to cut you. And then you go on and bang 30 something goals or whatever it was. Yeah. Go on and start. And then the softball coach was like, Hey, is there any hockey players that know how to play softball? And I'm like, yeah, you know, why not? I'll give it a try. I haven't played in a few years and ended up being the utility player and the leadoff lefty. Is there anything you don't do? That I don't do. Athletically? I don't, I don't like swimming. Yeah. I'm not much of a swimmer. Um, did you play but, basketball? Uh, I did, freshman year. And then I was like, yeah, I can't, I can't do the whole bouncing the ball and guarding. Funny story about that, though. I had probably my third or fourth practice and we were working on defending and I, you know, the, one of my teammates got the ball and I guarded her and put my hand in her face and actually poked her in the eyes. And I was like, yeah, Yo. this is not for me. No, <laughs> I didn't mean it, but I was like, all right, get my hands right out there. You know, Bink. you got your hands all up there. Yeah. It was kind of like the curly and mo thing. Bink, right yeah. In the eyes. Yes. Three Stooges style. Yeah. Did they like cut you from that or were you like, yeah, I'm done. They're probably like, hey, uh, goalie, you can't do that. Uh, that was the hockey person in you. <laughs> I don't, I think she was like, that's okay, it happens. And then I did a backcourt violation and I was like, yeah, nope, I can't <laughs> do this. This sport's yeah, not for me. When you play in sports where, you know, going backwards is not a bad thing to do and then you get in basketball, it's like, no, no, we've got to go back and reset. Yeah. Knock all the way back. Yeah, nope, couldn't do that. So, did, did, But do you have a jump shot though? Uh, I'd rather do like an underhand, like granny shot over oh, the. Man. See, now you're losing a little bit. I was expecting you to be like, I mean, yeah, like I can, I can shoot the J. Like it's, I mean, I only hand out the work if somebody's asking for it, you know? Yeah. Basketball wasn't really my thing. Hmm. What about, uh, did you do track? 
No, I didn't. I didn't. I know I didn't run track, but I was pretty fast. Uh, well, softball season. Oh, that's true. That's true. That's true. So then you probably didn't do tennis either. No, nope. I didn't do tennis. Are you a golfer? It's funny you say that. I, as a hockey player, majority that retire play golf. Yeah. But I don't. I don't. Wow. And it's, always, it's always something they want to pick up, though. And that's a softball thing too. Like when you get yeah. like get done playing softball, you like go play soccer, or you go play go play soccer. You go play golf. Yeah, I think it's the cost that that bothers me. Because I'm a lefty, and finding lefty clubs is really tough. It's expensive. Too go expensive. on like eBay or Amazon. Yeah, but see, when I go and play, or I like were... to go big, though. I like to buy the best of the best. Oh, well, see, you could also be like my uncle. He's left-handed, played uh-huh. soccer, left-footed and everything. But because of um, how he saw other people swing, he had to. He taught himself how to play right-handed. Yeah, I could. It's so awkward. I could do it. Well, you seem athletic enough. Yeah, I mean, I did. I I tried field hockey. I did try that. Gee, many Christmas. Now, like, did you lacrosse? Like, that's an. I mean, that's a northeast thing. You're a Connecticut girl. Ah, uh, where I grew up in northern Connecticut, it wasn't that big, and too many whistles. Way yeah. too many. Not enough contact. Too many whistles. And Dang. I'm not. Skirts aren't my thing either. Or skirts, whatever they play in. Yeah, what do they play in? I think they're skirts, right? Isn't it? Skirts, I think you, skirts, you might kilts. be. Like, uh-uh. Okay. Yeah, I'd kills may work. And that, they they do that in tennis too, right? Yes. Yeah. So you're just like, give me a pair of shorts and a shirt. Yeah, I'm more of like your your tomboy. Your yeah. Job. Yeah. Speaking of, what's your uh this is this is gonna be like the most uh like Nick will call this a typical Sean interview where it's just like random stupid stuff. Um okay. what's up with this uh who, who's your man's Ray Allen here? I mean what's what's up with that obsession? Ray? Yeah. Why not? I'm not, I'm not saying it's a bad thing, but I'm just like, wow, that's 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 something different. Local guy. Um, I liked his jump shot, and man, he played until he couldn't play anymore. Until he had to call it quits. That's true. That's true. He, he's super that. humble. He's super humble. I've had friends meet him at the gym, and with it, he goes, he used to go work out with his mom in what some part of Connecticut, and he was just like a really cool, chill guy. That's what's up. So I, I, just, I always I like that. You, I was just like, oh, like Ray Allen's is her man's. All right. But not to me, people are like, my favorite player is Ray Allen. You know, people are like, I like Ray Allen, but not like he's my favorite player. Well, what about Bayline leaving? I'm a big Michigan fan. You know, I when during my time <laughs> living in Michigan, I swore he would take the Pistons job. Um, but I, it, and this is like way definitely, Nick is like, I'm hating this interview already. But I, I read, and this actually goes to like call. This is like a college athletics thing. He has been, I, and I realized this in my time two years living in Michigan. He is so outspoken about his dislike of college basketball and college sports, and how this whole kids are just going to school for a year, then they're going straight to the pros, and all the stuff about the money and things like that. That you could tell that he was just like the writing was on the wall. Like I'm not doing this for very much right, longer. Right. And you know, power to him. I don't know. I don't know if the Cavs is where I would have went to, but I mean, hey. I mean, if you paid me what they're paying him, I'll go coach the Cavs. Yeah, but did they really pay him that much more than Michigan? Uh, I would imagine so. And he's got uh, creative control, and he doesn't have to play number two to uh, Jimmy Football. True, very true. Yeah. Which on the flip side, what a cushion job! Just as long as you're you're playing well and you're sitting underneath Harbaugh, like you can do whatever. But have you been to Ann Arbor? Yeah. Beautiful. 
it's 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 something. Yeah. I, I liked it. My grandma my, my my grandmother lives up by there, so I went to visit her. I never been to Ann Arbor. It's a nice area. I liked it. Yeah. It did. You you don't seem confident. You don't like that, huh? No, Are you no. Not I mean, an Ann Arbor person? I'm I well, I really wasn't like a like person of like that whole area. Like that part, like Ann Arbor was cool. Like we only we only went there a handful of times, but like yeah. it was it was all right. Like I'm not saying it's like my favorite place, but it's not the worst place. <laughs> you know. Um, so let's 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 get into this. You're a goalkeeper. That was not what I was expecting when um when we meet coaches who we know have played before and we kind of get this idea of what they are like. And I just always had it in my head that, you know, you probably were like a defender or, or a field player for sure. Um, I, I kind of had this small vision of you being that uh, goal scorer, big time celebrations. And then uh, got to see the pictures that uh, you got to wear gloves while you played. Yeah. What? What? Is it deceiving because of my height? No, not at all. Not at all. I you, like your your personality was just that of like oh I definitely have to play the field. Well, and height sometimes hard to judge because I always thought Sean until I met him was like four. He thought I was Mountain from Game of Thrones. <laughs> and then when he finally met me and realized that I was like two inches shorter than him, it was like oh what is this? Oh, it happens. That's all right. So how did how did goalkeeping get started? Were you the kid who was like, "Yeah, I'll I'll do it," or was your coach like, "Hey, get in there"? No, you know, I played I played um, rec with the boys actually because they didn't have no yeah they didn't have they didn't have a, a rec girls um, for my age so I played with the boys I actually played the field, but for some reason I really liked being shot on so I would hop in every now and then. I don't know if I've ever heard someone say that before. What? I liked being shot on. I did. I did. I, I, I liked it. I think, you know what it is? I like the control. There is no there is no control when you're the goalkeeper. When you make, after you make the save, I mean, the direction. Yeah. When you make the save, and, and I think I like that. I like the rush of being shot on, too. Are so you, I like, think, an adventurous person? Like, you, like, jump out of planes and stuff? Yeah, I haven't done it yet, but I've always wanted to do it. Me, too. But I don't think my yeah. wife will let me. Yeah, I don't think my parents would be happy with that, either. Yeah, well, my mom probably like, well, whatever happens, happens. You're lost. Yeah, yeah I mean, I've heard cool things about it. I yeah. would totally do that. What? Uh, what? You're you're a girl playing in an all boys league, and you're like, I want to be the goalkeeper. Yeah. Like, so what is that I, thought process? They're like, real. I, I would assume that. I mean, I was young when I had Owen for that, but I I did. They let me in, so they let me play. So I just switch there. Back and forth. But you know that I played ice hockey with the boys up until my sophomore year of high school, right? What? What? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. My, I don't I, – like, are we are we worthy of having Ashley on and talking? Stop. I, I, like, Come on, guys. No. I don't – I actually don't like talking about myself. Well, you're like on it. the wrong show then. Well, we I will, know We that. will talk about you for you then. So, so hockey with the boys until your sophomore. How long until you played soccer with other girls? Uh, I wanted to say until it was like U10. U10 is when I made the transition over. U10, was, U12. Like, was it in your area or did you have to travel to get to that? No, it was in my town. Okay. Enfield, Connecticut. Woot, woot. Enfield. What is Enfield, Connecticut known for besides home of Ashley Kaufman? 
uh, Craig Janney. He played for the Whalers. That's he's from there. Uh, Lego. Like the toys, Lego. Like the the Lego toy. Yep. Nice. That's in our town. Is there a sign that says "Home of Ashley Kaufman"? No. No. Is your name all up on the uh, the walls of your high school? Not yet. But it will be. Soon. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, you 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 mentioned like where you got recruited at. What was that process like for you as a player getting recruited and and trying to decide where you're going to go on to? Oh man, my process was tough. You know, being the firstborn, I was so late in the process. I wanted to say I got recruited going into my senior year of call, uh, high school. Uh, yeah, senior year of high school, I got recruited. And even then, being the firstborn, you I didn't know what what to do you know you get emails and you're not sure are you supposed to follow up with them are you supposed to call them so I wasn't sure and that's why I love doing the exact camps because you give every everyone and all the parents you give them all that information yeah and then like we we graduated kind of like around the same time I think from high school and that was back in the day where you had to like send VHS tapes via FedEx now I tell like, I tell kids all the time exactly like, like you don't know how lucky you have it like you can put a a, a YouTube link and email thousands of coaches. I could afford yep. to send three VHS tapes out. That's all I got. I don't even think we had. Uh, I didn't even have a cell phone. It was answering machine. You get that message on the answering machine. You play <laughs> playback. Yes, I remember. Nick will enjoy this. Uh, I remember my mom and I on our answering machine. Uh, I was home one day and decided that I was going to change the answering message on it to i fr- i made some song up and i remember my mom called and i let it ring so she could hear it and i think i got blistered up pretty good when <laughs> she got home i wish i could remember but it was pretty cool though um so you you end up you you know you pick your your school to go to um what is that what's that mindset what's that thought going like did you know you were going to play more than one sport in college uh no, or did I you have had, offers from from the other sports too? So I let's so I had Utica College, Ithaca College. Um, I got a, a an email after it from I think Greg Tate Tate. I think he was the goalie coach at Syracuse at the time. And I I I guess my decision was based on didn't want to go to D one because I didn't want to be a number in a classroom. I wanted to be a name. Um, I liked the smaller smaller classroom and a smaller campus and yeah playing hockey was a big piece of that I wanted to be able to play both sports um but when I think about it now I'm like man I should have just played soccer so just focused on on one sport do I ever get my decision heck no but sometimes I wish I just would have stuck with one I got asked to walk on the golf team when I played when I played soccer in college and I really wish I would have yeah yeah I mean I I don't regret it at all I mean I met new people you know, I got to experience different cultures for different sports because each sport was different. Was that something in your recruiting process? Like you told coaches straight up, like I want to play soccer and hockey. Yeah. I, my Claire knew that I wanted to play ice hockey. She set up the meeting with uh, Dave Clawson and that was it. I walked in his office and sat down with him. I'm like, all right, he's going to give me the opportunity. I'm going to take it. And then softball was like, Hey, you play two sports. Yeah. So. Yeah, it, yeah, three sports was a lot. It was. But it kept me kept me busy. How did your really um like how does your teammates think like your soccer teammates when they're doing 
you know, winter workouts or, or whatever conditioning and you're off with the hockey team or, you know, when it's off season for both hockey and soccer and you're playing softball. Oh, I think uh, they're like, Oh, let's go. Let's AK's play. That was my nickname. AK. AK. Why? Okay. That's literally every person whose initials are AK. That's all. That's everyone's nickname. Oh, well, no, I never had any pushback for that, for playing different sports, because I was probably the most in shape person. And you were probably the most athletic person there. Yeah, I guess. Are you the most athletic person uh, in Utica college history? Yeah, I don't think there's any other three sport athletes. Ooh, burner. I I, mean. I I think you've got a point. So, Nick, I think now our thing is that not only is she in her college's Hall of Fame, I think she needs her own wing. <laughs> well, Sean, I was I was the only three sport athlete that graduated all three at St. Francis High School in Wheaton, Illinois. So, so okay, so how so three sports all four years? Yes. So soccer, be, definite. Yep. I'm gonna go by your picture. You did track. Did you track? Okay. No, I did not do track. That's it. That's him running a uh, triathlon. I'd like to do one of those, would, but I'm not a swimmer. I think you can figure it out. So the, so the reason I asked Nick is, is I had a player who graduated with 16 varsity letters. He played four sports, made varsity all four years. See, like we couldn't do that at ours because baseball started at like the exact same time as volleyball. Oh, yeah. I forgot you're the volleyball guy. Yep. Ah. Uh, okay. Did you play volleyball, Ashley? Uh, I like volleyball, but I never I didn't play it in, obviously as a organized sport. I know Nick's got the the main soccer questions. So Nick, I'll, I'll shut up. <laughs> no, for sure. Hopefully you can hear me okay. But so like when did you start getting like once you graduated and everything? What was kind of your, what was the first thing you did right after you graduated? Did you get into coaching or what was it? What was it like? Um, well, so I was still in college actually when I, I coached the local Catholic school, what modified they call it, seventh and eighth graders. So I had coached in college, but when I had gotten out of college, no, I, uh, I played and I worked and that was it. That's was awesome. And like, Wait, say again, John. Well, I was just gonna say, like, was there a moment while you were playing where you thought, like, I think I could do this? Like, oh, I think of I could coach. You know, I always, I always, like, I always second guess myself. You know, like, oh, do I want to do it? Because you know, we put in so much work, but we get, we don't get paid that well. And you know, me, I'm your typical, you know, student athlete that has a ton of debt. I didn't have the luxury of having scholarships, so I was thinking big picture. I want to pay off my Sally May. Um, so I wanted to get a job that was going to pay decent right away. Even though, yeah, in the back of my mind, it was always there. Like, I love coaching. And so, like, what was that first experience you like when you were coaching while you were in school? Oh, I loved it. I felt like there was a bunch of little mini-me's running around there. You know, it, it was always exciting when, when, for me, for this group of 7th and 8th graders that never really had a decent coach, you know, you teach them a skill and they applied it and then they started winning and the parents started loving you. And then from there it just kept going. So I, I enjoy, I loved it. I, 
One thing I didn't like was driving those 12-passenger vans from game to game. That was the worst part of it. <laughs> no, for sure. <laughs> and, like, wait, when you were doing it, did you ever feel like, because I know when I was doing it, when I was in college, did, when, when you were doing it, did you feel young? Did I feel young? Yeah, like, did you feel like you were too young to do it when you were in school, when you were coaching? No, 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 I never, I never got that, that, I kind of felt like, wow, these kids are, are like my, ah, I guess I did because they, I was like, oh my God, they, these kids are my brothers and my sister's age. So yeah, I did get that sense of youth when I was young, for sure. And so like, when did, like, and, like, because, and I wasn't, I've been doing research as I've been doing this. So it's, did you, did, did you start? what was your first job out of school before you started working as a women's soccer coach again? I was a store manager at a Sherwin-Williams paint store. Okay. I wanted to make sure I was finding the right Ashley Kaufman when I was there I found that. I was like, I think I, so I found your LinkedIn page just so you know. Um, but yeah, no, that's, that's awesome. And then like, what made you like after working that, what made you decide that you wanted to like maybe get back into coaching? Um, I had been inducted into the uh, Utica College's Athletic Hall of Fame, and I think at that moment I had realized that I was sick of being in corporate world, and I really wanted to be around people that were passionate about soccer and sports, like I was. And so, like, how did you get back in? Like, what were the steps? Because, like, that's a, I think for we have probably a few people that listen to show that maybe didn't get into coaching right away or did the same thing. They went and worked a, a real world job that me and Sean never actually worked. And like went, went and got really into like just the real world right away. What was that transition like for you to get into coaching again? Was it hard? Uh, it definitely was difficult. I think, I think what I had, what I had to do, you know, I got my certifications and I went on the NCAA.com website under, for the jobs and I just started applying for graduate assistant positions because I figured that was probably where I should start since I'd been out of the game a little bit and haven't had any coaching experience and you know I can get my master's paid for and that would have been that was my foot in the door yeah for sure and then so what was it like to get to St. Lawrence like what was the process like for you to get there oh I think it was actually pretty quick I had applied, I want to say within two weeks, I had a phone interview and then maybe a week later had a, they had to fly me out there and another week later I had gotten the job and so I want to say about six weeks process, put my two weeks in and I was up there in July. That's awesome. And then like, like the, the coach that you were working with there, did, had you had any previous connection to them or was it just... You saw it on the website and you decided, hey, I'm just going to apply for this job. Yeah, I had no connection to him. Um, I mean, the only thing that, that I had known was that he was the coach at St. Lawrence. And I think right when he had taken over, we had played his his soccer team when I was at Utica College. And I had my coach reach out to him because I still had a really good relationship with my college coach. And I had her reach out to him for me. So That's I think that awesome. helped as well. What was the most difficult part about getting back into the game again? I think uh, 
uh, I mean, for me, it was it wasn't difficult getting back into the game. I think it was taking my the way I talk and the way I teach and applying it to a random group of college girls. You know, I feel like sometimes they already know things, so when they take it from someone new, it's a little bit difficult. I think it was about adjusting. You know how you how you coach and how you teach. Yeah, and then like. How, how was the, like the first, when you got there first practice day one, was it like, was it, did, it, did you have like feelings of nostalgia being away from it for a little bit and then getting back into it again? Oh, I, I was so nervous. I can't even tell you. I think I was like super quiet and kind of hid behind my head coat, uh, hid, hid behind them. Cause I was like, Oh my God, this is so exciting. But at the same time, what the hell am I doing? <laughs> no, that's awesome. Like, and again, I'm sure for me, it would be the exact same way. Like it's, it's one of those things when like you haven't done something for a little bit, like getting back into it, like it's, and it's not like you're unqualified to do it, but like getting back into it, like you want to feel like you're qualified to do it. Yeah. Yeah. And when you have a group of 36 or sorry, 26 to 28, 18 to 22 year olds looking at you to, for a drill and you're like, Oh shit. I forgot what we're doing. Oh my God. Am I saying it right? Is it, is this correct? Coach, help me. <laughs> That's awesome. And did he, was he one of those ones that kind of like guided you or is just like, nope, we're just gonna, she's going to figure it out trial by fire. Oh no. He was super hands-on and definitely helped, helped, helped every step of the way. One of the things I'm kind of interested in before we get into like the actual training and stuff like that, what was it like adjusting to like the recruiting? Oh, I, I had, I had no idea about that. Um, <laughs> he sent, he, I would, I would sit in the office with him and be like, all right, so like, what do you look for? Things like that. You know, what do you, what do I do? So he would, he sent me on like day trips here and there. And then second year I got to go out, go out into the field a little bit more, but yeah, it's definitely nerve wracking. Cause you're not sure if you're recruiting the same caliber kids that he wants so and yeah. they, it, all the rules, you know, you don't know any of this stuff when you're a player, all the rules no. that NCA has in place. So and there's a lot that. of them. Oh, my God, yeah. I feel like every year they add something new. Yeah. It's, it's like, honestly, that was, I think for me, when I made the transition, it was just like, I didn't realize how much my coach did until I had to start doing some of my own stuff. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. No, for sure. And like, so for you, like when that first year came, what was kind of it like in a nutshell, like a brief summary of what your first season was like as a grad assistant? Oh, well, talk about what you, ha you have to manage being a coach, but also manage being a student again after being out of school for what, six, seven years. So it was, uh, it was nerve wracking. It was, exciting and it was chaotic too yeah what, what so what was like a daily schedule like for you oh daily schedule i had a dog so i had to be up early to walk the dog get into work around 8 39 o'clock you have your morning meeting then you go back to your desk and you know whether we do we do my my coach he was very good attention to detail so I had a lot of computer work to do recruiting. He had like spreadsheets, we had emails, we had letters to alumni. 
then you would meet again and you'd have your player meetings and then you would have to prep for practice and then go out half an hour, 45 minutes before practice and set up. So it was endless. <laughs> for sure. And like, how'd the season go that first year? Uh, first year, we made it to the conference tournament. I think that that was the first time they had made it. So we made it. We lost to William Smith, who is a powerhouse in Division Three. So, yeah, it was good. It, it was good. It was good. We had just missed the NCAA tournament. So you're saying you're the reason that they made the conference tournament that first year is what is what so, I'm hearing. <laughs> it's all me, man. All good luck. <laughs> That's cool. And like with you, what did you find that you were learning throughout the season? Like just kind of about the game, about coaching, like what were some things that you found yourself learning as you were going? I think, you know, I was more concerned with coming into it about how to coach and how to lesson plan. But I think as I was going through, it was more about the, the work behind the scenes, the, re- the recruiting, the dealing with the players, you know, that come into the office, video breakdowns. And I think it's the, the behind the scenes that, that makes a program not what's on the field. I think that on the field, yes, but I think it's the stuff that's done behind the scenes that a lot of parents and and others that don't understand, they, they just don't understand and appreciate it. Yeah, and I, I think for a lot of people, that's a lot of people's first experiences that exactly, where it's like, oh man, like all the, I, I thought coaching was 90% of the work that you do. And then you realize that like, that's so far from the truth. It might even be inverted. Like coaching might be 10% of what you do. Yeah. It's, 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 uh, it's crazy. I think that like, even, I don't know. I mean, youth soccer is the same way. Parents don't understand that it's not just about the coaching. It's the stuff that we do behind the scenes too. I mean, the practice planning, the adjusting schedules, you know, keeping everyone happy and, I think it's just all around, not just in the collegiate game, but it's all these, all soccer. Yeah. And, and, and I think that that's what, again, I think that that's one of those things that really makes certain programs very, very good because they manage all those aspects very well. And the one, and I think that is also where some programs tend to struggle a little bit because it's, it's something that it, it requires a lot. And you can tell even like coaches, as they get older, they get burned out with all that other stuff. Yes. Yeah. What? So when when you when you got into it back like into the coaching, what were some of the things that you did to kind of enhance your own ability as a coach? Um, I took the advice of my head coach. Um, said he told me to watch a lot of soccer, like take a lot of notes. You know, sit sit in with me and ask questions. If you don't understand something. Uh, you know, let me know if there's more things you want to be more hands on. Let me know. You know, I think uh, I think he he was a good teacher. And, you know, I think when you have a good teacher that's willing to give you what tasks and guide you along the way, I think that really helps. And I think, you know, Franco did a really good job with that. When you started watching the game more, what were some things that you started noticing that you maybe didn't before? Uh, you know, different formations right off the bat there's so many formations out there now you know you when you're in college and you're playing you're you know you only see one formation which is the formation that your coach teach you but there's you know 
all the different formations and you know the the different ways to use and manipulate players you know taking a player that has a lot of speed and rather than having him as a forward putting him on the outside you know, things along those lines that's awesome did you pick up a favorite team or like a favorite player all when you were going through that no no i just liked watching soccer in general i think i, I enjoyed watching uh, women's soccer more than I did the guys because I, you know, any, and I'm like, oh, great, he's taking another dive. Oh, another whistle. Here we go. Yeah, but no, for sure. Definitely liked watching women's soccer much more. Did you, did you happen to catch the uh, U.S. women's national team game over the weekend? Uh, I did not. I, I did, did not. Catch did that. you see any of like the pictures of Julie Ertz from the weekend? No. Okay, so, like, she, like, busted her lip real bad in the first half, and she couldn't get it to stop bleeding, so she literally played with, like, a gauze, like, hanging out of her mouth for, like, the rest of the first half until they could finally get it to stop bleeding. Well done. See, that's what it's all about right there. Yep. No, I, I, like, there's, that, I just wanted to, like, because it's to what you were talking about, like, just there, there's some that were – I mean, she's tough as nails, too, so, like, you, yeah. have, you have people like that that really – Make make a good name for everyone else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I. <laughs> it's funny when you said gauze in the mouth. I have so I coach um, with uh, CFC Connecticut Football Club, and one of my players randomly got a bloody nose. And we've all seen she's the man, right? Yeah. I was like, do you have a tampon? Shove a tampon <laughs> up your nose. She's like, really? I'm like, yeah. Let's see if this works. Sure enough, she twisted it up there and ran around the field with the tampon up her nose. That's been, like, universal for, like, the last, like, seven years. I remember yes. introducing, like, the last high school boys team I coached. I was like, somebody had a bloody nose. I was like, who's got a tampon? And they're like, what? And I was like, we're going to put tampons in the med kit because when you get a bloody nose, you just stick it in there. And they're like, there's absolutely no way. So I had to look it up. So I remember hearing it from a uh, athletic trainer about, like, that's the thing that uh, people were using nowadays. <laughs> And so I found it online, showed it to them. They were like, are you for real? I'm like, yeah. And then it became like, the soccer team puts tampons in their nose. Well, then everybody started doing it when they would get Well, you know, you hear stories like this, but until you've experienced it yourself, you don't really believe it. And I'm a firm, I'm a believer now. It works. Proof is in the pudding. It works. It was. It was was definitely hilarious to see her running around with a tampon hanging out of her nose. (laughs) Good Good for her. That's those that we need more of those athletes that are that are that are re- okay enough to keep playing with the tampon in their nose. <laughs> Sean, you're shaking your head over there. <laughs> I I'm just gonna keep my mouth shut because there are some coaches out there who uh, know that the T word and I are not uh, the greatest of friends, and it brings back some haunted <laughs> memories of some of my early coaching days. All right, all right, fair enough. <laughs> Speaking of, she's the man. My so my sister is a year younger than me. She played college soccer too. And that movie used to frustrate her so bad because in the final game, the the female lead played with her hair down like the entire time. And it just like angered my sister, like in and in a like Like she should not be this angry about that part of the movie, but it used to make her really, really mad. No, I'm right there with her. I am right there with her. I hate seeing girls on the soccer fields that have their hair hanging down. Like how can you run with like the sweat and like stick into your neck? Mm-mm. I, I, was, I, was, I was coaching at an ID camp on Sunday 
And I don't, again, this is stuff I just don't know about. And like one of the girls turns to the other girl, like, how do you play soccer with a messy bun? And I don't even know what a messy bun is. Well, Jimmy Christmas, Nick. Sean, I don't have a daughter. All right. I mean, I do. I knew what a messy bun was before I had a daughter. What is it? Just like, it, like, is it a ponytail? Like, it's just they take you take your your ponytail and you make it like into circles, and it's just the hairs all over on the top of your head. It's Maybe you should like, Google it when you're right not here. driving. <laughs> I don't know, man. I there's there's at least like, and that I don't know about you, like, like when you were coaching at the college level. How many times did like were you? I, I I vowed to never be the old guy that like didn't was so out of touch that I could like people would say stuff and I wouldn't know. The amount of stuff my team says that I have no idea what they're talking about nowadays is just crazy. Oh yeah, the the some of the dances and like their slangs. I'm like I yeah no idea. Can you explain this to me? They're like really you don't understand this. You don't know this. I'm like nope, sorry. I guess I'm too old to know this stuff. That's yeah. why. That's why you all text me. Hey, what's this mean? And I tell you. Oh, you're the go-to. I am the go-to. No Sean's, cap. No Sean's cap. hip. He's hip. He's with it. Hmm. Where I mean, do you I, get your information? I can't How, can you share that? Oh, straight, straight from straight from the source. Straight from the what? source. If if I if I can't figure it out myself, then I'll like. So I asked. Um, uh, my club team, it was two or three weeks ago. Um, I noticed that like kids have multiple Instagram accounts and they call one of them a spam account. And so I had to ask a question to them all. I was like, what's the purpose of having multiple Instagram accounts and why do you have one that's called spam? And they were just, how do you know about them? Like, because if somebody looks your name up, you have two, two, three, four counts that come up, and one's like your name, and then one is like your name with underscore spam or dash spam, whatever. I, no, it's, like, called oh. their fin- it's called their Finsta. I know that one, actually. Yeah, and like so the spam accounts are where they'll post whatever they want, and only certain people – they make sure that only certain people can see it. And oh, then the okay. regular accounts are the ones that they want everyone to be able to see. But I've also – my, my players are also telling me is that – there are group pages where uh, friends will create a, an account page of their like, group and they'll post pictures to it and they don't follow anyone else. They don't follow like whoever, they keep it private and they have to be able to log in to see these pictures that they post of themselves to their own friends group. And I'm like, well, just post it to your own page so your friends can see it. And I know like that so wouldn't be cool. That's right. so effort for me. Right. Like, the, like there's one kid on our team. He's got like five accounts. On Instagram, I'm like, how, like, how do you manage that? And he's like, I don't know, I just do it. It's like the new ghosting. It's gonna be like the new. Is that like the new trend right now? I guess so. I guess so. Um, are you? Are, do you like? Do you like the show Catfish? Uh, I've watched it. I've you know I've tried to follow it. it it's it's all right. Eh. It is what it is. But no, yeah. like, I, I would say too, like, um, I mean, like the thing about like that I've always told people who are like, I need to know like what the ends are. Like if you keep your ears to the ground and you just listen, you'll pick up things so quickly. Like, cause you're, cause the kids will talk so loud or they'll be explaining something. And if you don't want to, if you are afraid to ask them what it means, like we have this thing called Google that you can type in the sentence that you've heard them say. (laughs) 
and it will pop up. Like the new thing is everybody saying cap or no cap, which I think is absolutely dumb. It, it, and its purpose makes zero sense. But because Cardi B says it in a song and other people say it, like that's the thing that everybody says now. And I, it drives me bonkers. <laughs> yeah. Nope. I, when my, when my U13 team chats, I just walk away. Cause I'm like, I really don't want to hear anything that they're talking about. Cause who knows? Well, you might, you might pick something up. I mean, that's how Nick learned the backpack kid dance. The backpack kid dance. Girl, this is like seven years ago. Come on. Mm-mm. Really? Yeah. I like that I have a person on this show that knows less than me about this stuff. <laughs> I, I really I really appreciate this, Ashley. It's, it's making me feel less bad about myself. I, you know, I must be really like in a bubble. Like my this, own little bubble here. I don't know any of this stuff. This is what you get for not staying in communication with me. I, I guess so. You know, I, I said. I was talking to Cliff Jordan the other day. I'm like, I miss my, my exact crew. Cliffy don't surf. <laughs> you you two enjoyed uh what was it Whataburger or In and Out? In and Out. I, I'm I'm not up to date on. I've never had the West Coast burgers, so I, I I just assumed it was one of the two. Oh, he got when we went to he got the biggest burger you can have. What was like six or seven patties Jeebus. in between a bun and Cliff, man, you rocked it. Jeebus, six patties. Oh yeah, he put that thing to his face. Next time we talk to Cliff, Nick, we're we'll gonna have to uh, be like, "Hey, man, so with this eating the whole cow thing, <laughs> what's up with that?" Yeah. Um, in in your time in in coaching in college, was there ever the moment that you thought, like, especially as an assistant, like watching the head coaches that you were for, being like, "You know what? Like, that's what I want to do. Like, I I'm totally ready for this." Oh yeah, definitely, definitely. I had, I think after I was at at St. Lawrence, I thought, oh yeah, I could I could do this. Maybe not Division One or two, but definitely Division three. Um, I think I don't I don't like the whole. I think Division One's tough because of the whole, you know, scholarship piece. Yeah, what's the, I like? I worked at camp this past weekend, and I always think every time that we do like recruiting panels and we kind of go through and we talk about like the different um, rules and regulations that like, you know, each division has and stuff like that. And every time we get down to D3 and and AI, I'm just like, man, like y'all get to have all the fun. Like you can just, anytime you want, holler at somebody and just like, just do it. Um, And it's like, there's a part of me. It's like, I feel like I would be like, as a, as a head coach, like I would benefit the most from that. Yeah, like just no. being able to at any time, just like, yo, come play for Ashley Kaufman University. We're going to make you like the best athlete of all time. Seriously, that would be sweet. I mean, to have a university named after me, that would be cool. But I think, yeah, I, I like the Division Three because it's more relaxed. You know, there's not as much pressure having kids commit to you. I also like the D3 aspect of the opportunity to possibly coach against Nick. <laughs> Nothing. Crickets over there. I mean, every, His winter lovers must be too loud. <laughs> no, I don't. I don't. I, I think Sean, that's his next step in life is he has to get a D3 job so we can coach against each other. Uh, we've, we've got to figure out, like, what is the Nick Rizzo versus soccer chat people uh, record? Oh, man. It's not great. I invite all the people that beat me out there. So I <laughs> We got we we got to start getting all the people that uh, that Nick beats all the time. 
Um, you know, you mentioned that you're you're coaching uh, club right now. You know, how's how's that transition kind of taking a step back for a little bit, kind of re- recouping yourself up and, and get ready for the future? How's that? Uh, how's the club scene been for you? It's been good. It's been enjoyable. I think. You know, I think it's good, especially since I coach girls. I feel like this this generation doesn't isn't fortunate enough to have a lot of female coaches, female yeah. mentors. So I think it it gives them a different view from having a female coach and I have a lot of parents being like, I don't know what it is, but you just have this connection with the girls that other See, coaches um, don't have. Well, because I, I am a girl and I was once <laughs> in their shoes, literally. Well, that's that, exactly. But they don't understand, <laughs> understand that concept. They don't think of it like that. Yeah. Um, yeah you know, I, 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 I call it my give back, you know, I'm paying it forward. Yeah. Well, I always, like, I always tell kids that are like now, I feel like I'm of age now where I can make the comment about like, you know, like I've been your age, you haven't been mine. Like when it comes to like those experiences and like trying to help them take that, that next step. Um, yeah. What is it that, uh, you know, this team that you're working with now, you know, what's, what's been like your most, other than them talking over your head when it comes to pop culture stuff um, and things that are in and things that are hip. Um, as you are probably still saying phrases like turn up and it's lit. Um, what are, what are some, some of the enjoyable moments you've had with this group? Oh God. They, uh, the confidence piece. I think what's been so enjoyable is watching them have a lack of confidence to, you know, having tons of confidence and just gelling as a team. And, you know, we had our first loss in about 12 games. So you know, they've been continuous, continually gelling and meshing and having fun and smiling and winning. I think that's, that's a, the biggest piece. I think my life lesson to them is, is, you know, things get tough, but you got to keep pushing forward. Even is at 13. The, is, is, is playing tough and, and playing with a smile on your face. Is that like your coaching philosophy? Cause I feel like you've got a book on your hands with that. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I want the girls to, to play tough and work hard, but it should be fun. When it becomes not fun, then we got to figure something out. How do you make it fun when it's not fun? How do we make it fun when it's not fun? I feel like that's a Nick Rizzo question I just pulled out. Yeah. No. Um, playing playing games. I like to play games where it brings the group together. Um, I like to do – have you played blob, blubber tag with your with your teams? Like the Like blob tag? Like blob tag or whatever where you have – like you got to uh, hold hands every time you get somebody and they add to the blob. It's reversed. It's reversed. So the team that ta- is tagged is all linked together mm-hmm. and everyone else runs around. And when you no. get tagged, you're out. Okay. So team bonding. I like to do a lot of team bonding games or um, having them do exercises individually, like juggling, juggling skills. I make them go home and do homework oh, and then come back. You. Yeah, things like that. And then the parents buy into it too. And once the parents buy into it, you're like, everything, yeah, everything yeah. falls into place. Well, we, we talked about that a couple weeks ago with uh, Sky Eddie Bruce about, you know, that, that parent involvement and getting them to buy in just as much as the kids to buy in too. Like, you know, your, your parents there that, you know, they really like what you're doing because it's different. And it's probably something they're not used to because they're used to having a male coach yeah. and, you know, here's, this this female coming in who's um uh, you know powerful strong knowing uh female you know bring this this energy and this is this positivity to it 
that uh, you're now seeing the the benefits from that. And now the parents are buying into it to where, I mean, they're probably like, hey, uh, we, we, who cares who our coach is next year? We, we got dibs on Ashley. Yeah, no, no, it's, it's right on. And that's one of the things like other coaches and clubs have talked to me about it, that you have this niche where you have this connection with parents and, and, and they see it and, you know, more kids are starting to come back. Like I coach club with CFC, but I do town soccer too. What is town soccer? So like rec soccer. You oh, know, like, cool. So I do that too. Yeah. Like, ah, it's more like travel rec, I would say. So like okay. the teams. Play I, I think other... here they call it uh, like rec plus. Probably where you play other towns. Yeah. 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 I like that. That yeah. name sounds so much more cooler. Town rec soccer. Plus. <laughs> That's I like the, plus. No, town soccer is amazing. You do you remember that? Like, it's not even a thing anymore. Like, so here, like, I know in Indianapolis there are clubs who have their own rec plus program, and it's basically kind of like a feeder program for um, their club teams. But it's like it's kids who rec isn't competitive enough for them, and then travel is just kind of like uh, I don't know if I'm there yet, and then they can decide from there like oh like you know i think i want to try the next step or i'm just going to stay in rec plus but town soccer is so much more cooler yeah it's it's interesting it's uh it used to be big i don't know if it was big when you when you played but for us starting to play that was like the thing you would go to town soccer rec soccer and then from there you would do travel soccer and then from travel soccer it was like premiere and premiere was like the goal yeah we my town was so small we just had a co-ed travel team like we had a rec league, like everybody stayed in our town and played. Like we didn't like take our town team and go play another town team. Like that's what the travel co-ed team was. And I swear that we were like the only team within four hours that was co-ed. That's pretty cool though. Co-ed is young. Yeah. Um, let's see. Wow. All the way from uh, like fifth grade to basically like freshman year of high school. Wow. wow. Teams. Yeah. Nick, did you have rec soccer or travel town travel? Yeah. Like we like growing up, see being in Chicago, it's a little bit different because they like, the, even back then they like when I was growing up, like they started having like elite clubs start to form. So you typically played with your town until you got to about like U 11. And then that's when you started joining the, they, they tended to be like the more elite clubs so like around us. It's like soccer, Chicago fire and Chicago magic on the guy's side. And for girls, it was like eclipse and team Chicago and a few of the other ones like that back in the day. So like you played with your town until you were like 10, 11 years old. And then you started to join kind of the more the, the clubs that like would actually like go to different States like back then. Cause otherwise you would just stay in your town, like your small towns the entire time. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah, It was fun though. Like, I mean, I, that was like, who is, was it, Sean, was it Prentice that was talking about how he wished that like people would yeah. stay and play in their own towns more? Yeah. Yeah. So we had, we had a guest on, he actually runs a really good podcast on his, on his own. It's called three, four, three. Um, and he came on our podcast and was, was talking about how he wished that like, m- there was more like town pride and like more town teams that like, people would stick with for a longer period of time. And basically basically like a European model where like you grow up playing for your town and like, that's who you want to play for, for your whole career is play for your town. Yeah. 
and it seemed like a cool idea. Yeah. So with the with the the town club I'm working with, that's what they're they're trying to do is they're trying to bring back, you know, these these players and these kids that left to go to quote unquote premier teams and bring them back to to their town teams and charge them like way less than what these premier teams but give them the best experience. Yeah. So that's what that's what our goal is to bring kids back, not charge them an arm and a leg, but give them the best experience and develop them the correct way and have them love the sport for what it really is meant to be loved for. Maybe you should be the founder of the United States Town Soccer Association. Yes, I would totally do that. We got to we got to come towns. up with a way. Yes, go to towns. Go to towns and start the US Town Soccer Association. I, you know, it, well, I mean, it's kind of—I guess it's kind of like a soccer shot, yeah. per se. But you're not traveling to wherever 10, 20, 30 minutes away. You're it's right in your town. Yeah. You know, it, you don't need the UK coaches coming in. You're just using local coaches that know what they're doing. What uh, if you could describe your coaching philosophy via a song title that uh, you like to listen to? <laughs> How would you describe yourself as a coach? What song describes you as a coach? As a coach? Oh, my goodness. It's funny. The one that comes to my head right now is, all I do is win, win, win. No, no matter, matter what. what. Got money, got money on my mind. And I never give it up. Yes. Every time I step up in the building, everybody's hands go up. Yes. And they stay there. Well, yeah, your team hasn't lost in like 12 games. I would hope that's your song. If you, if you need someone to come in and do the ludicrous part of that song, I got you guys. Any, anytime, anytime we need a ludicrous feature, feature, Nick is on the ball for it. Yeah. <laughs> that is great. Go ahead. You're on the spot now. You got to. Oh, gotta, there it is. Oh, man. I don't know. I, I got to like hear the lead into it. Like I'm trying to I'm trying to like I'm trying to think of like. It's like, what is it, like, Luca's going on the first thing I never did, you know, I won't stop yeah, now. Yeah, there we go. When you get him in the sky and home, like, I can do a little bit of it. Oh, yeah. come on. They stand, Luda's black, blame it on Conjur. <laughs> the hood called Luda Yak. I'm trying to remember the word. I don't. I can't do it without the song in the background. I think I could, uh, <laughs> I just remember my hands go up and down like stripper's booty go. <laughs> of course. Of course. <laughs> the worst. I cannot wait for your mother to hear this podcast. Oh Nick. my goodness! I wasn't expecting you to throw that part out there, but all right. It's I. I well, it's like the end of the rap part. I, like I, I think I could do it if I had it in the background. I just can't. Like I'm having trouble thinking about all the words. Right now. Nick is the karaoke guy that has the words play in the background. Oh. I yeah, <laughs> see. But like Sean has also seen me rap live uh, quite a few times. So. So where were you last? Uh, camp cycle when we went to that bar and did karaoke in uh, was it day day started uh, jamming out in the karaoke it was in Atlanta <laughs> Lamp- oh I don't, I don't know about Atlanta Chicago uh, it's Lamplighter is where we go to for karaoke did we yeah did I, we? I, I've been missing I've been missing out on those for sure we're, we're, we're attempting to get Nick on the on the train for that all right. Well, you know, I'll make sure I'm there so I can record it. <laughs> Perfect. So, uh, you know, the thing about soccer chat is is we're getting everybody connected and we're building this network of, of coaches. And maybe there's somebody who is 
interested more about town soccer or maybe they're uh they're wanting to know more about you know how you bring this positive energy and and this this mindset to these these female players uh if somebody was wanting to reach out and connect with you how could they do so uh they can go through my i can give them my email i can give them my phone number they can go through you guys and you can direct them my way why don't, um, why don't, why don't you give them one thing on here so what because they're listening right now going well dang it she didn't tell me how like <laughs> what's your email or how can they do so all right so my email is my first name ashley a-s-h-l-e-y n kaufman k-a-u-f-m-a-n one one at me.com and by me, she means like actually me, not like Ashley Kaufman at ashleykaufman.com. Yes, me, me or iCloud. <laughs> Although I think you, I think you need a website now, ashleykaufman.com. You know what? I considered, I considered doing that. So I just started getting into like private lessons and things like that. That's Pretty where you little. can start your town soccer association. Yeah. Ashleykaufman.com. Or AK Dreams. AK dreaming. Isn't, Ash, isn't Ashley or Ash, isn't Ali Krieger's website like ak11.com or something like that? Yeah, I think so. Yes. Ah, you probably had it first. Yeah, you know <laughs> my my number was eleven. Oh, here we go. Uh, I think you two should fight about it. She would probably win. She's got bigger guns than I do. Yeah, but you're short and scrappy, right? Yes, I like to poke eyes. Yes, see, there it is. There it is. There it is. Uh, 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 winner by coming on. We don't want to take up any more of your time. We know your uh, your lovely dog is sitting with his face in the door, just looking at you through the window, like, "Yo, get done with this." Um, so, thank you so much for coming on. Uh, and we want to wish you the, the best of luck going on with your, your club team. And we look to hear forward from you in the future as you continue on your glorious career. Thanks, Sean. Nick, it's been a pleasure. Step up in the building. Everybody hands go up. And they stay there. And they stay there. I, I'm always jealous when we interview a guest that you have actually gotten to meet in person. That seems awesome that I have not gotten to meet yet. I, I will take that. It's, I mean, it, it happens way more often than it should, but uh, <laughs> this, this one was definitely one where I'm like, man, like, I'm, I'm really jealous that you've, you've actually got to interact with this person in person before, and I have not. Well, it's, it's kind of the opposite of like, so these, like some, like this one, for example, Ashley is like a friend of mine from camp. Like all these coaches that you meet at showcases or like you go play pickup with, like, I'm just like, dang, like he's tight. He's tight. Uh, (laughs) So this is like my version of that, I guess. Yeah, no, I, I mean, I, I wish that uh, like I, I had as many connections as you. I don't, I don't stop it. (laughs) Stop no, it. I don't have many connections. No, but it, no, again, I, I think she was just a ton of fun to talk to. I, I think that anyone that has a journey like hers, we, just through the show, the amount of people that we had that have had really unconventional journeys to coaching, where hers was really cool, where she didn't coach right after school. Like she did a little bit during school, but then right afterwards, she's like, nope, I'm going to go get a, a big person job and try it out. And then she's like, nope. 
I, I, I think I need to get back to this, which is pretty cool. And, and we all are trying to search for that big person job where we can coach at the same time. Yes. <laughs> we all will get there at some point. Uh, Ashley, super cool. Uh, I, we've only got to work a couple of camps, uh, together. Um, and it was kind of, I, one thing I enjoy when, when we do shows like this is, um, but I'd like shows like this, but like all shows is if it's somebody that, you know, or I know, I always love the question, how did you meet Sean or Nick? And I, I love hearing those stories. Um, and then sometimes it's like, oh yeah, like that, that did happen. And literally like the night I met Ashley, it was at a Giordano's and uh, I think not Schomburg. I know that's wrong. Uh, I, I think, I think she said it in a, a Northbrook or something like that. Um, and just out of nowhere, this absolute massive snowstorm from like Antarctica came through. Cause we were sitting outside. There was just a little bit of snow down. And by the time that we got done having dinner and, and we're all going back to the hotel, it was like four feet of snow. And I was like, how am I going to get my car two blocks to the hotel. This is horrible. Um, and I just remember like, uh, I know Don had gotten in pretty late that night. Cause I think she had a, uh, ODP camp or something like that. And she had given me a heads up. Like, Hey, like, you know, you'll run into uh to Ashley Kaufman. She's super cool. She's one of the, uh, she's one of the good ones. And Ashley definitely, uh, matched up with, uh, with Don's description. And, you know, if, if Don Crow likes you, there's a very good, like 99.9% chance that everyone else is going to like you too. I mean, she, Don Crow does have a good stamp of approval rating. Like you, yeah. if, if, if you get her stamp of approval, you're probably a pretty solid person. And if you don't get her stamp of approval, you show why very quickly. Yeah. No, typically. Yeah, no, we're, we're not going to talk to you. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I, I guess I'd be remiss if I went throughout the episode without giving a uh, birthday shout out to, to Quinny. Um, she will enjoy hearing this. So we're actually recording this on Wednesday night and today is Quinn's birthday. Uh, and we have um, mom and dad have held uh, for goodness. Let's see here. Uh, probably four months. Yeah. About four months. Uh, without telling her or anyone else leaking the secret. Um, but we are going to be traveling this summer to Durham, North Carolina, where Quinn is going to go to the Duke university soccer school that the women's soccer program put on. Uh, and she's super excited about it and we're excited about it too. And I want to like, I'm, I'm legit going to sit back and I am going to try to get some type of content for you, Nick, as like, Sean the dad like I'm like no coaching nothing like I'm just gonna be Sean the dad I may throw I may throw a tailgate while I'm down there I don't know that I feel like is your best option just throw a tailgate like (laughs) get all the other soccer parents is really (laughs) yes yes um and I and some people are probably going man like that's really far for a soccer camp but you know like we want to do like we we've yet to do like a massive family vacation um, and we really like the, the North Carolina area and we figured, Hey, like, let's go down there and do a family vacation. Oh, Hey, she, she'll be old enough to do the soccer camp. Uh, why not let that be the, the first one while we're on vacation? So, uh, it's going to be awesome. And I'm going to, uh, definitely, um, 
put in a word with the uh, with the staff there that they need to be uh, on soccer chat. Yeah. Now no. I'm gonna, and I'm more than likely. I, I I sent a text to our good friend Chris Rich, and he was like, "Yes, you have to come by and see me." So I'll yeah. try to uh, I'll try to get some some catch up with with uh, Chris while I'm down there. Honestly, like how many people have we met on the show that we've never met in person? There's definitely a few. <laughs> Honestly, if this is episode 95, I'm going to say probably 87. <laughs> Dude, that's not true. We have a lot of friends. Yeah, well, you have a lot of friends. We we did meet a lot of conventions. So I'm hoping yeah. next year at convention, we're going to get some of those East Coast people that we haven't met yet. Uh, yeah. I'll hang out with us. Yeah, like Michael Messner. Yes. I'm gonna have him roundhouse kick somebody in the face, dude. That's all we're gonna have. To do. That's the only thing you're allowed to do, Mike. Yes, it's the only thing you're allowed to do. We're gonna be out looking for trouble. Hey, 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 kick him in the face, dude, right now. Like, no questions asked. Like, you know, you have like your friends, like where you're like, all right, I need you to do something for me. No questions asked. Yeah, <laughs> okay, hey, but- Mike. We're gonna be like, Mike, no questions asked. Kick this dude in the face right now. Hey, Mike, uh, this dude jumped Nick on Twitter and used the word bro and a crying face emoji. If we sweep find his, if sweep we find his leg. Dude. Yeah, no, if we find that dude, Mike's allowed to roundhouse kick him. <laughs> <laughs> we're, not, we're not promoting violence at all. I'm totally kidding, but seriously. I mean, if, it, if, it, if it comes down to it, if, some, if we got to throw hands at, uh, in Baltimore, Mike Messner's on our side and he's I mean, he's throwing gotta, hands he's throwing hands for all of us. I mean, we need to bring I mean Cliff's out out east too. We, he's got a good background for it too. So we need to throw hands. We got some good background people. And uh and and Kai, Kai Edwards, he he'll throw one. Oh yeah. He's got that he's got that karate background. Yeah, we got we got a few people that we 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 definitely will need to go to bat for us. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> Our own personal bodyguards. Uh man, soccer this week. Uh see, are you guys done with school? Yeah, we're done with school. Everyone's home. Yeah. Uh let's see here. Um yeah, Premier League's over with. We just got the uh Europa and the Champions League finals. You got any predictions for those two? Um I'm going to say Liverpool lose, so they win. Um, <laughs> I honestly, like, I think the Europa League finals is almost more interesting. I do. I do, too. And I'm not just saying that because I'm a Chelsea no, guy. No, I, mean, I mean, you know, I'm diehard Liverpool. And I honestly am, I'm going to be more interested in the Champions League final. But I think the Europa League final is more interesting. Just because Very. it's... I mean, it, it's two teams that are in pretty similar form right now that, like, are, I mean, it, it's going to be a pretty wide open game. Everyone's pretty healthy right now on both sides, too. Uh, actually, uh, Ruben Loftus cheek got hurt tonight versus the Revolution. Oh, well, that sucks. Yeah, tell me about it. And and uh, anybody who goes back in the archives, you listen to the episode with Dr. Laura Jackson. She predicted, she predicted this final, and you said you didn't think it was going to happen. Dude, I said I wanted. Or you said you want you you said you would prefer it not to be an all all England final. No, go back on the episode. I said I wanted an all England final. I swear. I thought she said that she wanted the all England final. No, look, go back in the archives. I swear, I said I wanted an all England final. 
Uh, maybe you did. I could have swore she said she went to All England final, and you're like, ah, oh, that would be okay, but not what I not what no, I prefer. I, I wanted. I I said like I have actually documents on Twitter saying that I wanted to. Okay, I got well, the I'll, I'll trust check you the receipts. <laughs> <laughs> I'll trust you on it. Um, if somebody wants to send you their predictions of the uh, Champions League final and 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 talk uh, educationally and adult like uh in debating you about manchester city how can they do so well unfortunately for the final manchester city won't be there so they won't be able to have that exact discussion but no i'm kidding um best way to reach me is at coach and rizzo what about you brother and mine is at coach Soderling. uh this is a listener supportive podcast supported by people just like you make sure to help us out by sharing out the links every single week on the show let our your friends know let our friends our new friends let your friends know that you're listening to the show by sharing out the links with us uh just hit that retweet button kind of funny thing uh happened this weekend i was working in exact camp up in uh, indianapolis and i kind of let out my pet peeve of twitter um because uh chris keller one of our good friends that's uh the men's coach at wabash was like yeah man every time you post a link like i always hit the star button and i was like that's kind of a pet peeve of mine because i need you to hit the arrow squares. I need you to hit that retweet. And he was like, really? I'm like, yeah. I was like, when you hit the star, that doesn't always pop in other people's timelines saying that you liked it. And the best way to help us out is to hit that retweet button. So people who have you on their timeline will see it. And he was like, I didn't know that. I'm going to start hitting that button from now on. So if you've been hitting the like button, obviously we love your likes and Nick is the king of likes. We need you guys to really start hitting that retweet button, share those links out, and let uh, let everybody know that you're listening to Soccer Chat. Also, help us out by leaving a five-star rating and review on iTunes or wherever you get your podcast from, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, iHeartRadio, Google Play, Spotify, wherever you're getting your podcast from. Make sure to leave us a nice little five-star rating and review. Leave your Twitter name. Nick and I will give you a shout-out on Twitter, and Nick might even say something nice about your favorite soccer team. Also, we are good friends with everybody, all of our homies from Soccer IQ. Go check out their app with great tactical discussions you can use with your teams. I like to use it with my group. My group's like, wow, coach, these are absolutely amazing. Hit up Coach Ellis Riley over there and all the guys at Soccer IQ and let them know you like what they're doing. Team Torx, big shout out to y'all. Dan and Aaron Redwine have the greatest ball pump of all time. There would never be a ball pump that is better than it unless there is a Torx 2 that comes out in like 20 years. But right now, this is the greatest thing you can get. It is at Torx, T-O-R-R-X Soccer. Check them out on Twitter. Let them know that your boys at Soccer Chat sent you. Dutik Brand, big shout out to our homies over at Dutik Brand. We are members of Dutik Brand FC. Use the promo code Soccer Chat. Get yourself a sweet Nick Rizzo discount. Every time you purchase something at dutikbrand.com. Soccer Chat brought to you every single week by the good folks at Social Media for the High School Athletes, all over social media at HS Social Media and their website, socialstudentathletes.com. Soccer Chat, it's your weekly podcast. We get to do this every single week for you guys. But the best part about all this is that we get to do it again next week. He's Nick. I'm Sean. Nick, we will catch you later. Catch you later, brother. My reaction is different than yours. We met in Chicago 
what last spring last early spring when we got that random snowstorm and we yeah. all met and got deep dish that wasn't the service was horrible the pizza wasn't the pizza wasn't that great and i think you guys ended up recording an episode and i was lame and went to bed we still haven't true. released we still haven't released that episode yeah that's one i've got i've got tucked away in the archives <laughs> took me yeah. we recorded for two hours and i think it took me two hours to edit it because of uh the the famous brethren jumping in at the end with all their beers that they had oh yes <laughs> then they come back from bowling yes they came back from bowling which we discussed that on our episode with them yeah i think they tried to get me to go out but i was like i'm not driving in this store was that <laughs> was that our was that our two best friends yes that was the best friends episode